You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. Institutionalism. Hi, how you doing? Institutionalism. Doesn't that sound like a bad word? Like, one flew over the cuckoo's nest your ass before you're done. Shut up, motherfucker. I mean, it sounds like we're going to lock you up. We're going to put the walls on your ass and cap in your butt. Institutionalism sounds like the, the boogeyman. It sounds like what the Republicans still are trying to call socialism, communism, institutionalism. <laughs> When the reality is it's not it's not what you imagine, right? If you right, right, right. If you look up institutionalism in the dictionary, I'll give you a minute, go ahead. Honestly, I have no idea what it shows, but here's what it means to me. I haven't Googled it, but it's a word that means what? Believing in the integrity of institutions, believing in the value of having institutions. What are institutions? Have we no poor houses or asylums to lock them up in, Ebenezer Scrooge? No. That's not what it means. It just means constructs within which to run a society. Social mores, even. Rules of law, courts, churches, firehouses, um, local governance, um, meals on wheels. Um, you know, the humane society. ASCAP for artists. BMI for recording artists. Um, Paramount Pictures. Well, some of these are corporations as well, but you get the drift, right? Schools. Um, Political parties, obviously. Uh, Institutions are signposts, if you will. Uh, Marking posts, barometers for where we stand as a culture, as a society. And I'm here to tell you, uh, liberal-leaning friends, that you got to be careful with pushing everything to the left so far that you abolish... The institutions that make America, America, which is to say freedom and equality apply to white men, too. They apply to um, older people as well as younger people. They apply to um, all American citizens who have earned their citizenship, equality, more so in the America that I was born and raised in, than they do people that haven't earned their citizenship yet. You know, human decency, uh, the bare necessities of living and so forth, sure, you apply that to everyone. But if you want a country, you've got to be a citizen here. You've got to earn that. I can tell you of a lot of immigrants who come over here and really work hard to try to become an American citizen because they value the meaning of citizenship here. And yet we have a lot of left-leaning people who pretend like 
all these refugees and anyone who comes here should just be treated like citizens because they're human beings. And it's awful to just not give them every single benefit that we can give them. But that's not what being a member of a country, which is itself, by the way, an institution means. Institutions, you have to apply for membership and or be welcomed in. Institutions are clubs or groups. And believe me, as somebody who really didn't like high school very much and was very much an outsider and did my own thing, yet still succeeded and was pretty popular and viewed as, you know, connected, even though I wasn't, I was completely disconnected. I'm not a big fan of the click of the week, you know, but I am a fan of institutions. I'm an institutionalist because I value stability. And I know that as a member of a family that's broken and scattered and at each other's throats, you're a lot less happy and healthy and strong-minded and joyful and full of love and full of hope than you are if you're a member of an institution called a family that is bonded and loving and together and cooperative and supportive. When you fracture people off from institutions and or fracture the institutions themselves, which achieves the same end, you decay the ability of a society to progress. There is a big difference between individualism and the ability to think individually and to be independent versus being stranded on an island versus being independent to the point where you're a loose ratchet, where you're, you've got a few screws loose and there's nobody around to check you when you flip out or lose focus. You get on YouTube nowadays or Twitter on a bad day, you see these hacks, these quacks, these chiropractors talking medicine. They'll talk about hydroxychloroquine. They'll talk about how COVID-19 is 20 to 30 times less deadly than the flu. And you read their followers, their sycophants, and they'll say, do you trust an MD? I don't. We're closer to communism now than ever because they're shutting down freedom of thought and requiring you to have a license or some sort of validity behind what you say. And that's just the government shutting down thought. That's communism. Well, first of all, of course, if you know anything about the institution of communism, you know that that's complete opposite definition. But secondly, you realize that no, no, dumb citizen, we are trying to protect you. From Joe Blow getting online, pretending to be someone of knowledge in any field and spouting off his own opinion that he just pulled out of his ass. Look, we went through the dark ages already. We don't need to do that again. Institutions protect our knowledge. You hear a lot of people today talking about how colleges are just a money grab. It's a corrupt organization that has the ability to extort money from young people or else they can't get ahead in this world. 
And everybody talks as if when they go away to college, all they do is get drunk all the time and get hammered and party. Don't learn anything. But somebody's getting A's. I got a few of them. Somebody's learning. Somebody's reading. Somebody's studying. Somebody's using college as a means to actually provide themselves with an education. I would venture to say a lot of those somebodies that go there. Why are the loud ones, the ones we listen to, they're the ones bitching about the student loans and the paybacks and the debt? You know, I guarantee you, I, I got a lot of student loans, okay? I was paying them till I was 48 years old because I went to law school. But guess what? The education I got from Carnegie Mellon University, one of the top 25 universities in the country till this day, in my law school where I graduated third in my class, they bought me a good deal of income. They earned me those institutions and their reputations built up by years of practice and the reporting of same via media outlets who vet credibility and objectively assess universities, not bought off, not corrupt, actually assessing the quality of study, that all bought me jobs, at least income enough, to get by so that, yeah, it might have taken me till I was 48 to pay off my debt, but I paid it off. Me, myself, and I, all alone, just me, paid it off, paid in full. Because of the institutions that gave me the degrees that enabled me to get the jobs to pay the debt. And guess who lent me the money? The institution of the federal government loan system. And I value the education that I learned. And I value what I have in my skull to this day. And it wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for the institutions I used to get it. And I'm here to tell you all, as you already probably know... The colleges, the universities of today, they still have a lot to offer. And the ones rated the highest oftentimes, not every single time, oftentimes have the most to offer. That's why they're rated the highest. Just like the best movies that are rated on IMDb by the people, sometimes they're sleazy and cheesy, especially if there are superheroes in them. <laughs> but most of the time, they're pretty damn good. Same with the high critic ratings. Sometimes it's a boring artsy film that's not your style. But most of the time when you see a movie that's rated by eight or eight or nine by the critics and you watch it, it's rated eight or nine because if you're smart and know about quality films, it's damn good. The institutions of critics who study to be film critics, who know how to write, who express good opinions because they've seen a lot of movies and understand what makes a good movie. And what differentiates it from a shitty movie, that pays off, believe it or not. And Joe Blow out there in the middle of America or wherever else, honestly, he doesn't know as much about movies and how to criti critically review them and how to assess them as the person who actually does it for a living, believe it or not. Even if they do it on a blog, even if they don't make a dime at it, if they do it regularly, if they have a great history of watching movies and they know a lot about cinema, when they take part in the institution of critique of film and they become a part of that establishment, that institution film critic, 
guess what? Their opinion matters more than yours. Yeah, more than yours. Because you haven't done that hard work. You're not a part of that institution. You weren't invited into that club or you didn't earn your way into that club. The institutions that you're so anxious to rip down, especially left-leading liberals, are actually valuable even to you. Because once you do the hard work and put in the time it takes to get there and you become a part of it, then your life has more meaning and value, deservedly so. But if you tear everything down, then we're all equal. And that takes equal and equality to a different level, a lower level. When you destroy all institutions and you make it just a matter of wanting it or thinking it or farting it out of your ass, then congratulations, you are your fart. Isn't it wonderful? And now no one else can be anything but your fart. We're all just a bunch of farts. That's what's happening in the music industry, for example. You tear down the record labels. You tear down radio. You don't have an avenue to earn your keep to be actually regarded as worth hearing to be put on a commercial radio station that's actually making money at a business. So they need to care about the quality of their product Once you've destroyed commercial radio, you've destroyed record labels, now all you have is corruption. Someone pays this much to get this many uh, views, this many followers on Instagram or or MySpace or Facebook or whatever the hell. I guess MySpace is defunct now. I don't know. But all you have is corruption. You have – they create these apps that – you know, fabricate views, that fabricate followers and – and it's all just like how many people seem to like you, but it, none of it's real, none of it's legitimate. If someone's actually putting you on a commercial airways or on a record label, they're investing real money in you. You best be sure. They're, they're taking a chance on you. That's because they like you. They sent people out there who actually have an ear for music, who actually care about quality, who are deciding that you're worth taking a risk of serious money on. That's how we screened out the talent via these institutions. You rip them all down and make it a free-for-all online. Who's making the call on the quality? Some friend passes you on something. Are you really going to give it a listen? If you do, even if you like it, are you going to listen to it twice? What is the factor that's convincing you that this particular artist versus that artist is worth more of your time? We can criticize as liberals, as, you know, socialist thinking artists that at the end of the day, it should be a freedom and everybody should be able to make up their own mind. But that's not how reality works. All of us are biased by our personal experiences, by how we found out about something, who told us about it. We like things more or less dependent upon the setting we found it in and who we found it through, which institution. How about the institution of summer? Now, that's a stretch, I know, but when you hear a song and you're on the beach and you're happy, that song has meaning. It it registers with you, and suddenly, when you hear it the next time, it's more powerful maybe than it would have been if you hadn't heard it in that setting. Well, it's a similar thing when you talk about which institution's feeding it to you and, and through what prism you're seeing this image, you're hearing this thought. When you learn something at Carnegie Mellon, it has a greater impact on you than if you learned it at, you know, Phoenix University or whatever. University of Phoenix, the online university that only 
teach his courses online, you know, and who were their professors and how did they get standing with the college and versus how are they, how do they hire professors at Harvard and what standards do you have to meet to teach at one school versus another? And doesn't that shit matter? And absolutely it sure as fuck does. And morality is built on institutions, churches, religions, as much as we might want to rip them down because we don't particularly believe it anymore. At the end of the day, a group of people trying to pull together to have moral values that they can collectively meet together and hold hands and pray on, that's a good thing for society. You don't have to accept their God or any God. But why on earth would you as an atheist or anyone else who doesn't believe want to destroy the ability of power in a union together? Now, look, when they get big in their britches and want to change laws based on their faith that isn't really based in science or based on human rights, yeah, okay, you can fight it with your institution. Of what? Of a political party, and so on, so forth. Political pressures that you've learned through the institutions that apply those pressures. But step back for a second, would you please, from the pounding you're giving to any faith and realize that it's a good thing for you. A lot of atheists are raised by religious parents still who, you know, maybe they rejected the faith of their parents, but they knew inside their hearts that it was good that their parents believed in right versus wrong in a doctrinal way. It helped them. Maybe some of their upbringing was strict. Maybe some of it seems in retrospect to be antiquated to, uh, let's say, an atheist liberal raised by religious parents. But I guarantee you those same atheists who had good parents, who raised them maybe in a strict environment, respect their parents for the discipline of the world they were raised in. The institution of a church, of a faith, is not bad. It's people that distorted into something that is enacted against culture and society and others that makes it bad. The institution in and of itself is actually a wonderful thing because it provides structure and parameters to our society. And I'm here to tell you, without parameters, we're going down. All of us need restrained. We need to understand our limits. It's very human, very natural to go a bit too far with things. And I see it in our political party if you're left-leaning. Way, way too much pushing for Women should be in charge of everything. Listen, there's no gender that has a monopoly on truth. There's no gender that has an idea of how to do things the right way. And to imply that women haven't had a say in things for the last 50 years is, frankly, a, a lie. Hello, it's called a falsehood. It's called a fake news. If you were listening to Trump over the last four years. Women have been a part of many of the decisions being made in our culture today. If you don't like America in 2020, women are partly to blame, believe it or not. And even if you believe that women are smarter than men, which they surely proved to be in my high school class and throughout my upbringing, they seem to be smarter than men in a lot of ways. You also might believe they're a little bit more histrionic than men. You also might believe they're a little bit more violent in their thoughts than men are in their actions. How about that differentiation? 
Men are violent in their actions. Women can be violent in their thoughts. Women can be more emotional in their feelings and their empathy, but men can be more stable in their emotions. These are all general, they're terrible generalizations. The point is don't take sides with one gender. If you start leaning on a generalization one way or the other, you're no better than the other side. You know, this is why people have a problem with Black Lives Matter. They don't, you know, they, 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 they take themselves out of the reality that black lives are being disposed of disproportionately by the police. And they say, yeah, but what about my, my life? I'm white too. All lives matter. They're missing the point of the political message. But let's not, let's not lose focus on the fact that it's still true that all lives matter. Put the political message aside and let's not say black lives matter as a general rule. Once the political issue is put aside, all lives matter. And once the political issue is put aside of feminism, all genders matter. And once the, the you know, ageism is put aside, old white men are just as sound and capable of doing wonderful things for the world as young black women. I mean, let's talk about Staying firm with what? The institutions are not just destroy the patriarchy, respect the patriarchy while building up a matriarchy. Can we do that? Yeah. How about we enforce the ability of people, we, we, we respect more the ability of the atheists to have a say, but we still maintain the churches and the strength of all of the churches. Yeah, and their right to... Object to abortion and anything else politically they want to say. They have a right to a voice. I don't believe in guns. I hate them. I think they are weapons of death. I'd love to do away with them, but tons of people like them. This is America. Respect the gun owners. Restrict their usage. Put more laws into effect. Take that deadly weapon just like a car. And make more laws that restrict like we did with seatbelts, like we do all the time with traffic laws and speed laws. And let's take that deadly weapon and restrict it more in conjunction with the science that's showing how that deadly weapon is killing people through crazy people, through young people getting access to weapons through their parents. Let's try to create avenues of the law that restrict this deadly weapon in a way that we have cars. We restricted the age that people can drive. Well, let's restrict the age that people can get weapons. Let's restrict, restrict their mental health and their proof of same, et cetera, et cetera. Point, the point being, you don't have to destroy the institution of the right to bear arms just to protect people from this deadly weapon and do a better job of restricting it. You don't have to defund the police to rearrange and reallocate the funds of the police so that the money goes in places that serve the public better and don't pay off murderers. I mean, New York City paid $250,000 last year in settlement of police that killed people illegally. They were sued, the police, and they paid off in settlement $250,000 in those lawsuits. And guess who paid that? The taxpayers. Well, that's wrong. That's wrong. The funds that are allocated to support the police shouldn't be paying to settle cases where the police murdered people, okay? Or otherwise, 
violated their civil rights. And frankly, I'm sorry, it may be 250 million. I have to, I, I know it's 250. I got to go Google that after this when I'm done here. 250, 250,000 sounds way too, way too low. You know, I think it might be 250 million last year for the New York City police. You can all Google that, but it's somewhere in that neighborhood and that's a valid stat. You know, you add a zero, take it away. I don't know. The bottom line is it's too much money being used uh, of taxpayer dollars that were already paid. So when you say defund the police, no, you don't need to put the police out of work, obviously. You need to reallocate the funds so that whatever the police are doing, they're serving the people, not killing them. We got to take some of them spurs off them cowboys. We got to set them back in their, you know, horses, little, you know, heel, heel, yo, low, low. Keep it down, keep it down. Chill, bro, whatever. At the end of the day, we don't want to destroy the things that are helping us, even when they're hurting us. We want to get rid of the hurt and keep the good. Institutions aren't bad just because they come with bad consequences. You know, the political system in America is not to be thrown out just because it gave us Donald Trump. Now, I could, you could make a point on curbing it, changing it, absolutely, but that's not throwing the institution away. For example, I wouldn't call the Electoral College an institution. I would call it a a sort of a byproduct or factor of our current institution. But I think that there is room for debate as to whether or not it should be modified or deleted, um, given the current circumstances of our culture. Um, at the end of the day, though, the Senate was meant to work with a 60-40 vote. Ties broken by the vice president, not not this not this nuclear nuclear uh, option all the time where a, a simple majority rules in the Senate. That's not supposed to be happening. That's, that's a de- deterioration of the institution of the Senate. And there's an example of, again, an institution being torn down by the behavior of its people. And I think we need to rebuild it back up. The United States Senate is not supposed to be purely partisan. It is supposed to be making decisions based upon a 60-40 vote. If you can't get the bipartisan votes, then you don't pass law. Do you want to be the member of a Senate who never passes anything because you're so partisan that you can never get 60 votes? Well, this idea of we're going to invoke this exception, this rare exception and pass things by a simple majority, it's become the norm now. And I recognize that it was instituted with respect to passing Obamacare. But that's because the Republicans refused to give any votes. And so we had to get something done for the betterment of society to actually provide health insurance to human beings. We are all citizens here. We deserve to live and be healthy. So the Democrats use it in one instance. And now once they got the Senate back under a Republican president... And even before they got it, when they got it back, even under Obama, they decided to thwart every passage of law and pass many other laws with a simple majority. It's disgusting. 
It's the deterioration of an institution. So at the end of the day, I'm simply reminding you all, hopefully you already know this, that we have to protect our institutions, that we got to be careful not to just talk about, you know, supporting everybody that's going to tear everything down. Um, chaos is not the answer. Um, we should be more wary of our behaviors, whether they are in protesting. We must make sure they are peaceful. We must make sure they have political bases. If you look at um, John Lewis or Martin Luther King or any of those protesters from civil rights movement of uh, the past, they, they, they were decidedly nonviolent. Same with Gandhi. Not even in our country, but I mean, it's not about uh, civil unrest to the point of violence. It's about making a statement and the institution of peace as protest. That's an institution too. Protect the right of peaceful protest. If you cross that line and violate that principle, you're giving a green light to the law enforcement authorities to view any form of protest as non-peaceful and to act violently towards us. Gandhi said it. If you, if you lift up a hand, it's just going to justify their action of violence against us. But today you see all of these violent acts and people acting like they have some right to be belligerent and violent. Like, no, I'm in the right so I can be violent and angry and hateful. No, that's how you lose your position of being in the right. Don't you see? You've got to maintain your focus on the institutions that came before you. They give you a barometer of right versus wrong. They help you steer your boat, your ship, your life down a line that is true and tried and proven. You don't have all the answers. I know when you're young and you learn things for the first time, you're burning with passion. That's admirable. But you need the wise old folk who came before you to calm you back down a bit, to keep you in your saddle so you don't get too big for your britches, so you don't overstep your bounds and ruin the whole fucking thing. Do you understand? You're going to blow it all up and ruin it for everybody if you don't stay within the parameters of tried and true institutions. They aren't wrong. What is wrong is that you think that your feeling of being mistreated is new. It's not. There's nothing original about your sense of injustice. It's been, it's happened since slaves, since women didn't even have the right to vote. Don't you understand? They had a lot more to fight for than you do. They didn't even have a right to vote. They couldn't even speak up for themselves. They couldn't even be hired. You look at the history of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Harvard, Columbia, whatever, all these great schools she graduated from. Couldn't get a job as a lawyer. Couldn't get a job because she was a woman. Women in those days were just secretaries. Now she's a Supreme Court justice. She didn't do that by radically hating on everybody and stirring up violence. She did it by being strong and believing in herself and fighting and moving forward with strength in her own identity. But she stayed within the boundaries of the institutions that were put before her. And she won. 
She got to the to be a justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. She did so against all odds, and she played by the rules that were already in place. She fought them when she thought they needed change. She fought the law, and she changed law through the means and the rules already in place by the institutions that granted her her degrees. The prestige within which she functioned were the degrees and the achievements that she had made as a woman. If she stripped down those institutions, she would have had no prestige. She had just been another crazy person, mouthing off, and a woman at that. Do you think anyone would have taken her seriously? She had to work within the confines and the structures that were there, and she changed them, but within those confines and structures. She respected the institutions of her time in order to change them to be better institutions of the future. But you don't just rip them down. You don't just crap all over them. You don't call them out as crap, as garbage. You don't say the two-party system's broken, it's all crap. To hell with Democrats. I'm not voting anyway. I'm not voting at all. You don't say, let's just put all women in. Let's just put all minorities in. White men are bad. You don't say crazy things like this. You don't tear down the structures that have proven to work. You amend them. You help them evolve. You put your two cents into the pile and you work at it and you earn respect and you gain success by fighting against and within those institutions. Fighting against an institution from the inside is way, way, way more productive and successful than fighting against an institution as an outsider with zero respect for that institution. Just ask Bernie Sanders. He went independent, and boy, everybody loves him, but he never gets a goddamn thing done. Never has. Sounds very good. Never gets a damn thing passed. Wouldn't know about consensus if you rammed it up his butt. Can't can't reach consensus. Mr. Stubborn, Mr. Look at me, burning bright, all those followers, all those supporters, nothing. Nothing in the political checkmark of his career. Nothing. Zero. Look, I like the guy. He's not getting shit done. Gandhi got a hell of a lot more done and was really way more radical. Look, it's about you understanding your place in your world and working within that place and fighting against it within the rules, accepting your place and working to fight to rise above it. Don't destroy it. Don't tear it down. Succeed within it. Beat it by playing by its own rules. Look, If Trump's presidency has taught us anything, it's that the destruction of our institutions, of our Constitution, is not good for this country. Science is an institution. Trump has not respected it. The Constitution, the laws, the courts, he respects nothing. And look where we're at. Not in a good place. So let's not make the same mistake twice. Let's not pretend just because we're on the other side of the political spectrum, we can disrespect institutions in a better way. 
our degree of disrespect will be better, more healthy. No. All of us need to work within the rules and the constructs that have created America and once made it great can make it great again. If Look, Obama became president playing within the rules. Things were very nice for many people just a few years ago. Let's not blow it. Let's not go crazy, spiral out of control and throw it all away. America is what it is and was what it was for a lot of wonderful reasons. Let's not talk about everything bad about America. Let's try to understand there's mostly a lot of great things about it, and it's still the best country in the world. Let's fight for that by fighting for the integrity of its institutions, even as we fight to change them. I love you. Yabba da boop